Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the show, we're going to be taking a closer look at a series that we've actually spotlighted on this podcast quite a few times. This is Ganbar Goemon, known in North America as Mystical Ninja. This is a long-running series of video games that is developed by Konami. Yeah, and there's actually some pretty interesting lore behind the main character, if I'm correct, Carl. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. The main character of the series, Goemon, is loosely based on Ishikawa Goemon, which is a noble thief of Japanese folklore. You could compare him to something like Robin Hood. He was an outlaw who apparently stole gold and valuables and gave them to the poor. So um, a very, very famous, indeed. yeah, very famous character in, uh, in in Japanese culture. So this is a really unique topic that we get to share with you guys today. What's really cool about this series is that it features very traditional Japanese music mixed right. with more of a modern video game aesthetic. Definitely, definitely. And um, much like the track that we played in with, a lot of this music, in contrast to what you'd probably be thinking as far as that backstory, we mentioned that Ishikawa Goemon, how it's a very uh, sort of noble historical Japanese figure, Mm -hmm. uh, is the music to this series is actually quite fun and just playful. It's It's a very enjoyable video game That's a very good point. Well, in my opinion, it's some of the most fun music I've ever heard. As far as an entire series, it might be one of the most fun series musically that I've ever heard in video game. I mean, Every single game is just such an utter joy to listen to, and you're always going to get that mix of traditional Japanese culture mixed with more kind of modern, right. poppy, rocky, jazzy yeah, video game Exactly. Music. It's almost like uh, that uh, Japanese influence just sort of is like the palette for the chords mm-hmm. and the harmonics and even the melodies, but Pentatonic as far scale, as yeah. the emotions that are conveyed, it's generally a little bit more bubbly mm-hmm. and uh, less intense and epic mm-hmm. than you'd get with a lot of games trying to go for that Japanese authentic. Asiatic style music. Absolutely. So we're just really looking forward to this. This is a really unique topic that some of you are probably not that familiar with. Now, I know most of the games in this series were only released in Japan. So there's only a few games in this series that if you live in North America, where we live, that you would have had the chance to play. So let's just get into it here. Now, the very first game in this series was called Mr. Goemon, and it came out in 1986 for the arcade. The first game we're going to feature today is Ganbar Goemon 2, which came out in 1989 for the Famicom. We're going to start things off with a track called Kyushu, and this was composed by the legendary Machiro Yamani, who is probably most known for her work in the Castlevania series. Let's take a listen to Kyushu from Ganbar Goemon 2. fun. Great way to start today off. This is Kyushu from Ganbar Goemon 2 for the Famicom, composed by Machiro Yamani. 
Very cute, fun piece of music. <laughs> it's really <laughs> great to hear the implementation of it with the Famicom or like that NES sound chip. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really great because you actually get a lot of clever and very playful uses of that triangle channel, which is typically just used for bass. Yeah, when it goes high up, it's really, it's really exciting when it gets up to that range right here because you don't hear it that often. And of course, we, we love the kind of use of the portamental slide at the end of every single note. Right. Do it, do it, do it. That's just yeah, you very get, playful. Yeah, and you get a lot of sort of counterpoint going on with that triangle in the melody, and mm -hmm. it sort of turns into this very interesting sort of rhythmic and melodic uh, balance mm -hmm. together. It's really sort of fun and, again, playful, but it totally feels very authentic to traditional Japanese mm -hmm. themes and Japanese music. Absolutely. You know, this is a great way to start today's episode off. We're going to play another track from the second game for the Famicom. This track is excellent as well. This is Mechanical Castle. Uh, let's take a listen. <laughs> This is Mechanical Castle from Ganbar Goemon 2 for the Famicom, once again composed by Michiro Yamani. That, what, that last section we just heard right before it looped back, that might be my favorite section. I love how the top note of the melody is always getting higher and higher, almost to the point of comedy. Uh, this, this track is, is a little bit less of the, kind of the traditional sounds that we hear more in, often in this series, and a little bit more just kind of classic, quintessential NES or Famicom music. So you will, you will dabble in that kind of sound in this series. Not every single song is going to sound the same way. This is kind of a nice song to showcase. Yeah, I really love that sort of melody instrument that's happening. Uh, it's a very sort of uh, clever use of the NES because uh, it's the same, I guess, instrument settings for both the melody and uh, the harmony. Mm. Um, so you get this sort of nice blend, but I feel like it's a very characteristic of sort of the percussive nature of a lot of traditional Japanese instruments. Mm -hmm. And they do this That's sort a of good point. They do this sort of portamento slide into the first attack of mm -hmm. each like cadence. If you notice, like a little bit, it's pretty like the drink, da -da 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 -da. oh, something kind of like a koto or a shamisen. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good. It's point. a very effective use of sort of pitch to mm -hmm. replicate um, some of those connotations that you'd get with traditional Japanese music. Because cool. this track in particular doesn't necessarily have um, aesthetically as much of a sound in traditional Japanese. As much, right. As, yeah, so it's mm -hmm. nice to sort of give that connotation in it through other means. I like that point, Will. That's really cool. No, and, and, and that's going to be a lot more apparent as we get later on with better sounding samples. You are going to hear a lot of traditional Japanese instrument samples later on, so it's going to be a little bit more apparent. But it's cool that we can make that connection um, as early as the Famicom. So, cool. We're going to move on to another Famicom title. This is a game called Ganbar Goemon Gaiden, and this was composed by a few people here. We have Satomu Agura, Machiro Yamani, and Harumi 
Oweko. Let's take a listen to intro two. This is Intro 2 from Ganbar Goemon Gaiden for the Famicom, composed by Tsutomo Agora, Machiro Yamani, and Harumi Oweko. Another example early on in this playlist uh, that shows a little bit of the different sides of the series. I, I, I really wanted to show this song because this is a nice example of not, that not all the music in the series has one compositional sound. And, and at the end of the day, these are adventure games or RPG games, you know, so you're going to f- hear some of the same emotional qualities that composers use in other very successful adventure RPG games. So it's nice. This has some elements of Final Fantasy in it for me. What do you think, Will? Definitely. There's a lot of classical influence, but it's sort of that modern approach to that classical influence right. if you know what I'm saying because um, as far as the movement of the bass and some of the harmonics it's using certain chord progressions that you would get in classical music but there's also this sort of uh, no holds bar approach to the harmonics as well mm-hmm. which makes it feel a little bit modern in such simple um, melodies which again is very, simple, very yeah. uh, common in video game music but you're right this is definitely a distinct difference between um, a lot of the music in this entire series. Yeah, and it's. I wanted to feature it early on. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, trust me, as we go on with this playlist, you're really going to become familiar with the musical landscape that is, is used in this entire series. So this is a nice change of pace early on to give you guys a little bit of variety. But no, I also really like the use of portamento in this song as well. On the bass, there's a little bit of pitch sliding up to certain notes that the bass does. It's just a nice subtle touch that some people might not even notice. Also, there's a good use of dynamics, actually, Mm -hmm. which is really hard to control in an NES or, I guess, a Famicom game. Right. Um, Because you sort of... uh you can't really control the triangle. So if you want to have sort of a softer dynamic, mm-hmm. you have to create the instruments around the triangle. Absolutely. And so like if you can have dynamic switching between um, the melody and harmony and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and you hear that constant triangle volume, you can sort of have the effect that a melody is almost like fading in or almost getting louder, oh, cool. quieter based on performance. And there's few games I feel like that actually... Uh, really utilize the dynamics in a sort of expressive way but it is possible to do and I really commend these composers for implementing that in Mm -hmm. this particular track there is something kind of nice about the fact that Famicom or NES how the triangle is always this consistent volume it's kind of this nice consistent block where your piece is always going to have that heartbeat to it and you're kind of building stuff around it it's also the reason why uh, you get universal attack on the triangle because the way that a lot of the instruments are programmed 
on the NES is that they do like a quick fade in or they mm-hmm. start hot, get quiet, and then move back up. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole way that you really design the instruments. And with the triangle, you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. It, it just like pulses and then it stops. There's no sort of middle ground. So they have to use those effects like the portamento to give it a little bit more character. But I really not like, I agree with you. I really like the sort of uniformity over yeah. all NES music. And we've said it triangle. before, but it's really lucky that the, that the triangle has such a cool sound and that we yeah. enjoy it. Because if that wasn't the case, we would get so sick of it at this point. So mm-hmm. it's very lucky how good it sounds. One last Famicom game today. This is Ganbar Goemon Gaiden 2. <laughs> this one was composed by Yuchi Sakakura and Yuki Morimoto. Let's take a listen to BGM3. Awesome. We're listening to BGM3 from Gonbar Goemon Gaiden 2. This is a fantastic piece of music. Excellent. Really wonderful, again, use of the limited channels of the NES. Um, that sort of counter melody switches from being sort of outlining of the chords and doing harmony, which isn't mm-hmm. a very effective thing because at any points of rest or space with the melody, when it, whether it sustains or whether it cuts out mm-hmm. um, in the harmony, then stops, it switches to doing these little arpeggiated colors. But it's a really nice part where even if you were to um, solo it and take out that melody, it still flows, you know? It's right. not really cutting between two ideas. It flows as one sort sort of counter melody and it's just excellently written that way Mm -hmm. and because even if you use the um dual channels in a creative way if you sort of switch around what they're doing your ear can sort of detect that sort of change in idea but when you make it really lush and smooth and connected and you give it those sort of dual roles while still feeling connected as a whole i think that's really impressive This is the last track we're going to play from the Famicom, so now we're going to move on to other generations. I shed a tear. (laughs) No, it was great. It was a great way to start off today's episode, but really, in my opinion, I I feel like the series comes into its own, particular in this next game and some of the games coming up. Um, later on, we're going to be having a little bit more of the focus of today's episode is going to be actually be for the N64 titles, but we're going to move on to one of my favorite titles in this entire series in one of the few titles that was released in North America. So this is the Super Nintendo. This is a game called The Legend of the Mystical Ninja. This soundtrack was composed by Kazuhiko Ohara and Harumi Oweko. It was released in 1991. And we're going to play three tracks from it today. The first track is called Oedo Goemon's Home. Thank you. 
that makes me smile. This is Oedo Goemon's Home from the Super Nintendo game The Legend of the Mystical Ninja, composed by Kazuhiko Ohara and Harumi Oweko. Such a great example. Uh, if you're not familiar with the music of this game and that combination of traditional Japanese style that we were talking about, man, such a great example. Yeah, it's really cool. For this track, I feel like the only thing that feels a little bit more Western and poppy about it is the bass and drums <laughs> right. and the fact of just how catchy that melody is. Mm -hmm. But as far as the landscape that it's trying to capture and I guess like the palette of harmony and melody that it's mm -hmm. really using as far as the specific note choice, it's completely authentic Japanese Absolutely. music. Not only pentatonic, but as far as the rhythms and even like those the harmonies right harmonies, there. Yeah. yeah. Harmony and fourths is another huge thing. And like I said, the sample, the choice of instrumentation. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, the instrumentation has that sort of short attack percussive quality to it. Yeah, no, this is one of my favorite soundtracks of today. And it's one of my favorite recent discoveries, I would say, in the past year. I've played a couple tracks from this. You guys will probably remember in various show and tells, uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. This is just a fantastic soundtrack. I actually recommend checking out the entire thing. I think the most recent one we played was on our jazz music episode we played a track called keep an adventure log and that was a really nice latin bossa nova um, piece there's a lot of great latin music in this soundtrack there's also a lot of great traditional rock pop really just all kinds of great music that is incredibly catchy and memorable in my opinion so we're going to play two more tracks from this let's move on to one of my favorites this is spunky female ninja let's take a listen <laughs> Piece of music. This is Spunky Female Ninja, <laughs> kind of a funny title from Legend of Mystical Ninja, once again composed by Kazuhiko Hara and Harumi Oweko. This is one of my favorite pieces of music in the game. What the rhythm section is doing, the bass and drums, like Will said earlier, is definitely very Western, not traditional Japanese, but the rhythms are so catchy. I think the rhythms yeah. of this particular piece is maybe the most catchy thing about it. This B section here, how it's very wandering and mysterious, really fits well for like an RPG game. Right. It's the kind of music that could fit multiple emotions because one of the things about RPG music is that it needs to fit multiple emotions because there's happiness, there's sadness, there's conflict, there's fright, there's mystery, there's wonder, there's all kinds of emotions and good RPG or adventure music can fit multiple emotions at right. once. Yeah, I, I really agree with what you said about those rhythms being really catchy. In fact, I was going to make a little pun like, you know, it's called Spunky Female Ninja. Mm -hmm. I was going to say it should be called Funky Female Ninja, and then you'd nice. even get alliteration in there. Right. No, it's very funny, Will. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. No, that was, uh, it's, it is very funky. This is one of the more funkier pieces of music uh, in this particular game. We're going to get a lot more of that kind of music later on today. So we're going to play one more track from this game. This is Wisdom of the Ages. Enjoy. 
beautiful. This is Wisdom of the Ages from Legend of the Mystical Ninja, the last track from this particular soundtrack we're going to play today. Really, what's nice about these three tracks we picked is, in my opinion, they really showcase some of the diversity, all of the different angles that this soundtrack has. This is one that's a lot more mysterious. We played one that was very happy in traditional Japanese, and we also played a little bit more of a Western, kind of funky piece of music. So it's nice that we got to feature all those sides of the soundtrack. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a definitely. I really uh, sort of liked what you said in the last one about how an RPG um, soundtrack and an RPG composer really needs to be able to manipulate itself to capture a variety of different emotions. Mm-hmm. And this is one where I really am just surprised at how subtle and sort of dark an emotion that this piece captures while still retaining the overall quality of the series as oh, far yeah. as like um musical elements and even mm-hmm. uh, compositional techniques and i mean in this one it, i feel like it's a little bit more about some of those ornamentations on yeah the melody. yeah no and one reason why i wanted to play this one back to back is you'll notice there were some similarities to spunky female ninja the b section of that piece we played previously this piece almost kind of calls back some of those melodic ideas of that b section of the previous one so it was cool that we got to hear that uh, some nice unity in this soundtrack. So, Yeah, and I'm actually not sure if this game is an RPG. I think some of the games in the series are, but this one might be an adventure game. I think there's other ones that are action games, so all kinds of genres of games in the series. We're going to move on to Ganbar Goemon 2. This is a completely different game. It just has the same title, but this was for the Super Famicom, and it came out in 1993. Uh, the only thing it shares to the one that we played from the Famicom is the title, but completely different music. We're going to play a track called Fortress. This was once again composed by Kazuhiko Ohara. This time, Tomoya Tamida joins the mix. Ooh. Here we go. <laughs> I love that Kodo sample there. A little bit of pitch bend. It's, it makes me laugh every time I hear it. This is Fortress from Ganbar Goemon 2 for the Super Famicom, composed by Kazuhiko Ohara and Tomoya Tamida. What do you think, Will? Do you hear Tomoya Tamida influence in this track? I know I always like to ask you that. I would say yes, just because like <laughs> I'm like thinking, oh, Tomoya Tamida. I wonder what that will sound mm-hmm. like. And then immediately it starts off with that brass stuff, right. which is very characteristic of games like like Wario Land Shake It or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? I mean, this could definitely be a horror composition as well. It's interesting. They're all great composers, so I don't want to make generalizations. They're all great composers, and a lot of these composers uh, do multiple games in this series. Kazuhiko Hara um, is kind of the Super Famicom go-to composer. Worked on a lot of games. Section. Yeah. yeah, this B section so much fun. And I, al- I almost feel like the better quality the sample... 
the less effective it is though it's like that's a really? really nice sample but because the clarity is so clear you can almost tell that it's fake where with other mm. instruments sometimes it doesn't even sound like it's trying to be a real like instrument like you can't tell what it's trying to be it yeah, just like in Yoshi's like Island game. you have a lot of just mm -hmm. sounds that are sort of ambiguous for example so mm -hmm. it's like it just sounds really nice and smooth as a melody almost like it's a weird hybrid of like synth instrument but with this it's so obvious what it's doing but i feel like when you're trying to go for a specific traditional kind of music it is really nice to get those flute and kodo sounds oh totally you know i feel like it would really match the, the visuals of the game oh no definitely it's just you can sort of notice that it's just one yes. sample no, that's when a you very, have those fast attacks <laughs> that's a very good point the higher it gets the more kind of shrill it gets to but yeah no one thing about this series is that there's a lot pretty much every single japanese element of folklore is is included in this series there's just it's almost just like a hodgepodge of a bunch of different um f legendary stories that uh you would have heard growing up so very cool we're gonna move on to one more track from this game this is really cool this is an homage to one of the most famous funk pieces of music that probably all of you know. As soon as you hear this track, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's awesome. This is Samurai Woods. Great. Samurai Woods, obviously a tribute to Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. Really cool. When you hear that first note, you're thinking, oh, is, it, is this going to do that actual melody? But then you realize it's a new melody over that groove that everyone knows and loves. Also made famous by the Chili Peppers as well. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot about that. <laughs> Some people, I think, forget about the Stevie Wonder version and just know the Chili Peppers version. Some people that maybe were kind of really into that era of music. I love Stevie Wonder. <laughs> it's hard I not like, to. I like this instrumentation. It's uh, very different than the rest of the music from this series, but I think this little flute sample is what brings it this all together. This is what ties it together, yeah. That's one of the reasons I wanted to play this track is because it, it was so different, and I, th I just thought it was so much fun that everyone is going to recognize that, that homage, so I thought I, just, I couldn't pass this up. I had to play this today, but yeah, very goofy. We're going to move on to the last game for the Super Famicom that we're going to play today. Now, there were a few other games for this system that came out, but we're just going to play track from one more game. This is Ganbar Goemon 4. This one was composed by Kazuhiko Ohara, Yuki Morimoto, and Tomoyo Tamida. Those are all composers that have worked on previous games in this series. Let's take a listen to a really cool piece. This is kind of like Japanese traditional slash reggae music. It's really fun. This is Desert Moontown.
Man, this is so much fun. This is Desert Moon Town from Ganbar Goemon 4, composed by Kazuhiko Hara, Yuki Morimoto, and Tomoya Tamida. Man, this was really a standout track in this soundtrack. Uh, there were a few tracks that had this exact same feel, this reggae feel and the same tempo. Um, there's a lot, not just the Desert Moon, but there's a bunch of different locations. One thing cool about this game, and this is similar to a lot of games in the series, is you'll have a location like Desert Moon and you'll have a bunch of different themes. Desert Moon Town, Desert Moon Village, sometimes there's Desert Moon Village Day, Evening, Night. There's a, they have a lot of different kind of variations, some similar to like Sonic with like the Act 2 and 3. Sometimes they inject a lot of humor into later versions like there was one game in the series that when you listen to the night versions they all of a sudden they played a few seconds of the day theme and then all of a sudden it went and it like completely <laughs> got messed up so yeah this is actually my favorite track so far i cool. really like it i feel like it's it's probably just like the first point in this playlist where it's like you really start to appreciate all the little quirks of this series mm -hmm. but it's also doing a theme that's of its own so it's yeah. sort of like um, you have that sort of unbiased view of just a typical Ganbar Goemon track, but then you have it in this one with sort of a different lens. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like uh, that compositional style is just sort of around the theme of this particular level. And as far as instrumentally and stuff, it's doing very original things um, as far as this series. You know, it's retaining mm -hmm. some of the quirks, but it doesn't feel just sort of like a copy and paste replica. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know that I <laughs> was a really big fan of uh, the use of reggae in this piece and in this soundtrack. Just really well done. Really nice cross-stick uh, snare sample that you hear um, on this track. Really authentic reggae sound. And what the drum part is doing, the actual beat that um, the drums is, <laughs> the fake drummer is playing, is very authentic to reggae music. Right, and Carl's headphones aren't broken so when he notices the hi-hat it's actually merited <laughs> yours aren't broken either right no yours are good okay i just wanted to make sure that we didn't have a repeat of last week yeah this was... song is a hi-hat feature right <laughs> every single track will talks about the hi-hat you know what the hi-hat is just a 10 out of 10 for this one that's awesome. Well, now I'm very excited. It's time to move on to kind of the feature of today's episode. We're going to play two soundtracks that were released for the N64. Both of these were released also in North America. So a lot of you, if you are familiar with any games in the series, it's probably from these two games. And this is kind of the, the main focus of today's episode. We're going to start things off with Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. This came out for the N64 in 1997, and this soundtrack was composed by a few people. We have Shigeru Araki, Karo Yasuke, Saiko Miki, and Yasumasa Kitagawa. Let's start things off with a really exciting piece of music called Transformed Oedo Castle, parts 1 and 2.
cool. This is Transformed Oedo Castle, parts one and two, from Mystical Ninja starring Goemon for the N64. Really great music here. You heard um, about 20 seconds ago that part two came in. That's where the drums change, and now you're hearing a little bit more um, auxiliary percussion. It's really cool. Now, Oedo Castle, that's that's a location that is featured in a lot of games in this series. You're going to hear names that you'll hear a lot in different different games, and, and sometimes they'll reuse certain themes, similar to series like Final Fantasy or Zelda, where they'll be kind of themes that p- players will know and love, and it's, it's kind of cool to harken back to that later on. But really, if I would recommend any soundtracks for you guys to check out, it would probably be this and the next game we're going to play, the two N64 games, I just think have some of the best music of the entire series. But what do, you, what do you think about this particular track, Well, Love it. It's very good. Um, it's really nice to hear the sort of the next step of the realization of that Japanese instrumentation. Absolutely. You know, it's one of the few examples I can sort of think of where it's like if you look at a series starting 8-bit, 16-bit, and then mm-hmm. going to like the Nintendo 64, where the music has a consistent linear sort of graph as yeah. far as the quality of what it's going for. Isn't that so Cause cool? Because this is distinctly better than the 16-bit, which was distinctly mm-hmm. better than the 8-bit, but they're all going for the same thing, where if you look like something, even like the Mario series, is like each, each game and each soundtrack is really playing to the strengths of that system Absolutely. and is creating its own sort of musical world that's why mario 3 sounds like mario and it 3. retains quality because the composer right. you know composes high quality music yeah but what's so cool about this series is it's such a rare glimpse and it's i can't you're right i can't think of another example of this where everything about it is going for the same thing but it feels like as the technology gets better the music gets better too and it's just it's like this ramp right. up in quality it's it's really cool to well, hear i'd that. love to hear if they made one like now in 2013 mm-hmm. with actual musicians maybe what that would sound like yeah now there were some games that came out quite a few games that came out for the playstation and unfortunately those particular soundtracks didn't quite make the cut today so we may feature music from that in later episodes but there's there's tons of games out there in this series and like i said most of them only came out in japan so some of them are kind of hard to find we're going to play um a few more tracks four total from this game let's play another one this is called yamato here we go that doesn't put a smile on your face this is awesome this is yamoto from mystical ninja starring goemon composed by a multitude of konami composers i think sometimes they're referred to as the goemon sound team this came out again for the n64 uh oh my gosh such a great melody even if you took away all of the kind of very distinct compositional styles of this series that's a strong melody that fits really well in this kind of a game you're going to hear this music a lot. This is a location that you're probably going to travel to. I think it's early on in the game, because this was early on in the soundtrack, but really, it's a very strong piece of music melodically. I really like that underneath arpeggiated uh, chord pattern with that uh, Kodo instrument. It's very consistent rhythmically. You know, you have no dotted mm-hmm. notes. It's just consistent. And I really like that, because you have a lot of fun, playful, dotted rhythms in the melody, 
I just like that way that that main melody you just heard. I like the way that it ascends, the notes that it chooses to get yeah. up there. It's just really interesting, very, very clever, and also sort of like a nice little call and response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of harkens to that classic. Uh, what's what's that called? You uh, know the dun 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 shaving a haircut, two bits, that kind of thing. Yeah. Very playful stuff. We're going to play two more tracks from this soundtrack. This is a really cool track. This is called Compira Mountain. Enjoy. stuff this is Kampira Mountain from Mystical Ninja starring Goemon and <laughs> Will was kind of just giving me a hard time about the titles of this series I think particularly the North American titles he, he found them very confusing because you have Legend of the Mystical Ninja and then you have Mystical Ninja starring Goemon and then the next one we're going to play is a game called Goemon's Great Adventure so it's kind of confusing like the North American where did titles. Legend of the Mystical Ninja come in because <laughs> I thought it's called Ganbar Goemon why can't they just call it one two three well, four mystical five ninja, and go like that Mystical Ninja is what it's known in North America so that's kind of the translation and some ways i guess it doesn't make sense one thing Goemon is a name isn't it it is a name yeah it's based on the name of that legendary uh, japanese character but one thing that's interesting about that character ishikawa Goemon, is i think over the years i heard i read online that some of his kind of ninja abilities have become exaggerated so at this point now he's kind of this like legendary ninja who is like whereas he may not have even been a ninja <laughs> you know yeah and i think he was boiled alive wasn't <laughs> he, he was with his son that's what I read online. Very sad stuff. That sounds like a great topic to have such bubbly, kid-friendly music. <laughs> it's loosely based, it says. <laughs> All right, we're going to play a last track from this soundtrack. This is a really pretty song called Tosa. Enjoy. Tosa. My favorite thing about this piece is that that uh, dun, 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 that kind of arpeggiated chord 
Similar, yeah. It's either a guitar or a koto or some sort of Japanese instrument that you hear in the left channel. That's such a catchy rhythm that really interacts well with uh, the rhythm section and what the melody is doing. I think the use of rhythms in this song, in this entire series, really good showcase of interlocking rhythms. All of the rhythms are doing something different, but when you add them all together, it really kind of completes the puzzle. You know, it's these little puzzle pieces that yeah. make a pretty picture when they're all there. Yeah, there's so many fun and cute instruments. Like you have some of those percussion instruments, like those claves, and then you have have the vibra slap <laughs> and then I feel like that koto melody is also doubled with some kind of like toy piano thing and then mm-hmm. it does like this little tremolo like it's right. really cute I no like it's very it. cute yeah every time that tremolo comes in that's just like and now there's these weird smile. pitch shift things going mm-hmm. on yeah pitch shift with the koto yeah <laughs> it's great it's just the use of humor in this series is just excellent like it's just really taking itself the opposite of seriously you know it's just having a great breezy time and that just makes the games i'm assuming uh, that much more enjoyable i think this is another case similar to ease where i get the sense that the music is the most loved thing about this series like people love the series but really it's predominantly because of the music that's what i've gathered so I'm not it's sp- nice that mm-hmm. something about it is able to be salvaged mm-hmm. and honored and remembered for you know years to come Right, so we're going to move on to my personal favorite soundtrack in this entire series. We mentioned it before. I've played a couple tracks before from this. This is Goemon's Great Adventure. This came out in 1998 for the N64. Again, one of the few titles to be released in North America. Let's start things off with a track called Daily Life on Turtleback, Ryugo Castle. Interesting. Song completely changed. That must be parts one and two of Ryugu Castle. I never noticed that before. That wow, just I was really enjoying mid-song. it. And then all of a sudden, it's just, I thought you skipped to the next no, track. No, you just got whisked away to another section of the castle. That was pretty intense. Sorry, guys, out there, if that startled you. That was uh, pretty intense stuff. This is Daily Life on Turtleback, Ryugu Castle. I'm assuming parts one and two, maybe. Great cool. piece of music. I like Interesting how it... modulation. Yeah, the modulation was very effective. It was kind of a nice lead-in to the fact that the song was going to completely change. We just got... We were just able to loop it back to the beginning and then right well, away Now I don't changed. even know what I can say about the last one. I almost completely forgot. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were going for. They wanted to Let's erase your memory. Let's listen to it again. <laughs> one more time. 
No, we won't do that to you guys. We have a lot more music to get to from this game, so we should probably uh, move on. That was a great piece of music. My initial reactions were positive, though. <laughs> Absolutely. From what I can remember, it was so long ago. I think it was pretty good. We're going to move on to a track called Even Dogs Get Lost Walking in This Town. Really goofy titles. <laughs> <laughs> the parentheses is Lost in Town. Now, yeah, that's one thing I want to say is really funny titles. Now, Will, the last... Uh, game we played mystical ninja starring goemon that was the game that had that famous title if you remember um from our celebration episode do you remember the really goofy title that you just could not get over (gasps) yeah what was it called it was uh... festival temple castle (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that was from that game and yeah the titles of this game is also really funny so yeah this is lost in town from goemon's great adventure and I don't think I mentioned before, but this soundtrack was composed by Horitaka Kurita, Nubiyuki Akina, and Shigeru Araki. Enjoy! <laughs> So good. This is Even Dogs Get Lost Walking in This Town, also known as Lost in Town, from Goemon's Great Adventure. Such fun music. I just, I'm so glad we got to do this episode because I think this is just some of my favorite music I've discovered in the past couple years, and it's just really good to share this with everyone because I think there's a lot of people that aren't familiar. I can safely say that. There's a lot of people out there listening that are not familiar with the music of this series, and I think it's so unique. It really is one of the most unique series musically in all of video games. I mean, it's really, really signature. When you're listening to the music of the series, you never would mistake in it for, oh, is this is this Castlevania? Like, it really sounds like it has its own identity. Oh, it's great and the instrument choices are just so perfect Mm -hmm. and have such a unique character to them like just for example just to name a few you have like xylophone doubled with flute you have that kodo then you also get a lot of synths that triangle going on right there yeah the triangle's effective but yeah also there was like tambourine and all kinds Mm -hmm. of like i think there was like egg shaker or something all kinds of yeah really nice mixture of cultures like in the the last track we played was that really had a really good techno beat too so it's Mm -hmm. like you have Western elements mixed with traditional elements, a lot of modern synth sounds, but it's all working so effortlessly. You don't even really notice how much mixture there is because it's all retaining the same kind of emotional qualities. Right. And I feel like the music has like an equal level of blend as far as compositions. You know, you get to the instruments. Yeah. Yeah. So much um, Japanese influence, mm-hmm. but also so much Western pop influence. But even if you're just talking about Japanese influence, there's a myriad of Japanese influences. It's not just traditional Japanese jazz influence, Japanese modern film music, Japanese pop music might be the biggest thing for me. Uh, A lot of J-pop influence you're going to hear, but we're very excited to move on to our track of the week. This is again from Goemon's Great Adventure. We're going to play a track called Burning My Soul, Flaming Edo Castle. (laughs) 
goodness. This really, for me, represents everything that's good about the music of this series. The interesting mixture, like Will said, compositionally and technically as far as the instrument choices. This is Burning My Soul, Flaming Edo Castle. How about that C section where it goes into that really playful, distorted rock feel that you were not expecting earlier on in the song? Very playful, incredibly fun. I really love the melody. Um, in general, one thing about this series is I really love the way they end melodies. I feel like it's always with a different type of Japanese traditional music cliche almost because <laughs> you get a different type of ornamentation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so uh, wonderful, the blend, and again, like how you lead into that. Mm-hmm. I think one Very thing clever. that I like about that is that these Japanese composers, it's probably not something that they really need to think about as much. It's probably something that's so instilled in them in such an early age that it's really nice that they can maybe just kind of do more natural compositional techniques that maybe for us as Western composers, we'd really have to try to think about it and go for a specific thing where yeah. maybe for them, they're just kind of doing what's kind of in the air. You right. Know? But I mean, then again, I mean, especially nowadays, writing Japanese folk music is not really popular and most mm-hmm. Japanese musicians have an have a very large idea and whole sort of landscape of chords and melodies That's to true. choose from. So I guess it would be like someone assuming that because we're American, we'd know a lot about like how to write like American folk music, which well, I don't know if that would necessarily be It's definitely not a good assumption case. to make, but we would definitely have a better chance of knowing than someone, you know, from a different part of the world, I feel. Yeah. You know, there's a better chance of that. But it's sort of it's nice because we're far enough from the era when that type of music was being written where Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of Japanese composers would be able to look back at it and almost do like a parody of some of those tropes and cliches, Mm -hmm. much like how we might be able to do a parody of old sort of 1800s folk music and a lot of music Mm -hmm. written around that time. Again, I think it's different because American music has such a shorter um, history. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think I think that's another thing I'm talking about. There's just such a rich, such a long history um, to this to this culture. So I mean, there's a better chance that these composers would be familiar with that. Now, Will, one thing that I just kind of want to discuss is like, what do you think as far as um, how nowadays, how much we know, how much we retain of our domestic uh, traditional music, whether it's American, Japanese, wherever you live, like, do you think that um, we should maybe as children learn more? about kind of the traditions of that? Or do you think it's kind of already instilled in us just growing up in that area? I guess I'm always a proponent for increased musical education. Mm -hmm. I think kids don't get nearly enough education for any type of music, but I definitely think culture is a really important tool. And I think it's something that everyone born on this planet is just entitled to because you're born into a culture. What scares me is that any, any one of those cultures would, would ever be lost. That's the Mm -hmm. biggest fear that I have, whether it's um, Japanese or any sort of African, whatever it is. Our differences, are really um, the notable thing Mm -hmm. is that you're able to see human creativity in Mm -hmm. all aspects of music and all aspects of culture, really. But when you notice the differences, I think it allows you a little bit into sort of the primal human psyche, mm-hmm. into what what are we drawn to in music, finding the similarities and the differences, and why are, why do we culturally respond to different things, and why do we universally respond to the same thing? Yeah, and something kind of off that tangent is someone recently showed me a really interesting music. Uh, they tra- traveled to Ghana, and they showed me this really popular music, and it was a complete mixture of American modern, like, auto-tuned hip-hop with traditional African Ghana music. That's really wonderful. It, 
It's really wonderful because it was incredibly catchy and a lot more rhythmic that, you know, yeah, but, exactly. but it still had kind of the production elements. You know, that's, that's actually music. what I would really like modern American yeah. pop music to get back to. Absolutely. Cause I feel like what made our music, our pop music so special is we had the influence of those African rhythms. So yes. if you take modern production and bring it back to African mm-hmm. style rhythms and that's melodies, what's missing, yeah. I mean, one thing that's that was exactly funny is that I didn't understand any of the words, but it didn't seem like that different from like most, you know, modern, you know, kind of American hip hop music that I listen to. It's like a lot of times I can't really understand what they're saying and it doesn't matter quite as much. So I thought that was funny how it really wasn't a big deal that it was in another language. That's awesome. I hope that type of stuff catches on because I, again, I really think um, culture and blending of cultures are really sort of like a beautiful poetic Mm -hmm. thing. Well, that was a nice tangent we took you guys on. We're going to play a couple more tracks from Goemon's Great Adventure. Let's take a listen to a track called Re-Seeing. is re-seeing from Goemon's Great Adventure. And really what I want to say about this track is it fulfills, in my opinion, the main function of music is to make you just feel good. This music makes me feel good. I feel happy listening to it. It just completely changes my mood. Like before we recorded this podcast, I wasn't in a bad mood, but I just am so much happier now from this music. And the very first track we played in with today, that was also from the soundtrack. That was also from Goemon's Great Adventure. That was called Kappa Traveling and Roaming Road. That was another track like this where it just makes you feel happy. I just, that's all I can say about it, you know? So catchy, so fun. <laughs> I really love that electric bass. Again, I feel like yeah. it's sort of an extension and a further continuation of even back what they were doing on the NES, you know, mm-hmm. because you had such traditional Japanese melodies and rhythms. But the bass parts and the fact that there was sort of an emulation of like a drum sound Mm -hmm. really did feel Western. So it's really nice. The realization of that is an electric bass and sort of drum kit with traditional Japanese musical elements. I got to say that this Goemon's Great Adventure, it might have one of my favorite bass samples ever. Like I wish I had access to the bass sample they used in this game. It's just so much fun. There's a lot of great low end. There's It kind of reminds me of SNES bass samples because you talked about it before. There's not a lot of attack. Uh, you can hear it really well, but uh-huh. it, it's, it kind of blends in really nicely. It sits in the mix in a really nice way, you know? Right. I think the difference is that some of that SNES bass sounds had almost like a synthy quality mm-hmm. to the minimal attack, and this has sort of a realistic quality like of sort of the lower Like a finger bass, yeah. Yeah, because it's EQ'd so uh, low end, mm-hmm. you sort of don't really hear some of that attack. Yeah, and I wonder if, if because of that, this bass would actually be hard to hear on some TVs, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's so. probably just fulfilling its purpose to mm-hmm. sort of give you the feel and a little added 
um, low end support mm-hmm. so that it doesn't feel so trebly. Yeah, this these soundtracks of this series are actually really enjoyable to listen to on headphones. We're gonna play one more track from this game. Unfortunately, yeah, this is my favorite soundtrack. I love this. This is Exciting Rhapsody, Floating World Town. great example of just relaxing feel-good music this is exciting rhapsody <laughs> kind of a funny title there floating world town now well what, what are your thoughts on this piece as it relates to this entire series yeah i think it's a i guess sort of a really good sort of quintessential gonbar goemon track it feels right. very indicative of a lot of the music to this series and it's just sort of nice to look back and see how far we've come mm-hmm. from the 8-bit days but in a sense, we haven't come that far also. Mm. You know, musically, it's really retained the heart and soul and the initial spark that was there to begin with. And I think that's really a marvel and something to be very proud of. You know, what's changed are the things that should have been changed. And right. what's stayed the same is really, the it's soul, really nice. The heart, yeah. No, I think that's something that's very rare. The consistency of this entire series, the fact that these composers were, were so concerned with upholding the traditions, not only of their of their culture, but of this of the series of games, I think is just really something to applaud. And I think um, we just, as game players and as listeners of soundtracks, we really kind of reap the rewards of that. So we're going to move on to the last track we're going to talk about today. This is for um, Ganbar Goemon DS, known in Japan as Ganbar Goemon Tokai Doko Oedo Tenju Rikaishi. This is composed by Tomowaki Hirono. Let's take a listen to The Friendly Painter's Journey, also known as Dakataro's Theme. Whew, here we go. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today for our episode on Ganbar Goemon. We hope you got a kick out of this music, maybe some music that you weren't familiar with before, but hopefully by this point you have an understanding of sort of the musical landscape of the series, and if not anything else, we hope this music just put you in a good mood. Definitely put me in a good mood. Very pretty and just 
a lot of fun. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's why we love video game music so much. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a lot of flashy bells and whistles, just fun, good, catchy music. Right. Yeah, it just gets the job done. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this week. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks a lot, you guys. And be sure to join us next week for a very exciting topic. It is the Fallen Brothers, a topic we've been looking forward to for ages on this podcast. It's yeah, going to be so a legendary episode. Buckle your seatbelts for that one, because <laughs> we're going to be in for a wild ride. Some of that music is really some of the most impressive musically and technically among all the systems that that music is presented on. So that'll be a very exciting topic. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, you guys. Peace out.